I do have Spanx on today, by the way. <laughs> Shout out to Spanx. Yes, I don't. And I've looked at them multiple times and I'm being targeted very heavily right now on Instagram. So I will be there soon. everybody and welcome back to the human element Kara's podcast focused on finding ways to inject humanity and insight into modern marketing today we have a very special edition of the pod in honor of women's history month we have some amazing women across our dentsu media agencies join us to share their perspective of being a woman in business including the opportunities and breaking the biases so let's kick it off my name is Kara lewis and i am the chief investment officer of dentsu media Thanks for joining us, Kara. Thanks for having me. All right, let's dive in. What's the single biggest opportunity women have in our industry? I think what we've seen over the last several years, and it's it makes me super happy to see it, is that women are leaders and they can be leaders. And I think that the biggest opportunity is to always, you know, set yourself up that there will be failures, but always know that there's successes and that women will be and taking over the C-suite. And I don't say that in, in a positive and or negative way. I think that we should be there and we should have our stance and we have voices and they're being heard. Love that. What brands are engaging female audiences well? I, I kind of hit home with women brands that I see, you know, from a a Nike to, you know, a Bumble, which I, I would never be on Bumble at this point since I'm married, but there's so many different brands that I think just speak to women that there's probably too many names to mention, but I always go back to Nike for, for some reason. It just, it speaks to me, but I also am like a sneaker fanatic. So that's probably why. Is there a woman or male ally you model your leadership to? I'm going to take one from my brother's playbook. And I actually probably say I piece together a bunch of women in my life. I don't think I have like one that I model after, but I take the qualities that I think make the best me. And I model myself after that. I don't think it's one woman. I take some things that I love about my mom, some things I love about my first boss, some things I love about a friend, some things I love about a certain coach that I had in the past. And I think that's how I model my leadership. How do you highlight or give other women the opportunity to highlight their intersectional identities? I think you should always just make sure that the intersectionalities of yourself are, are yourself. I try to tell people, like, be your own advocate, be yourself, and that trueness will come out. If you were to write your own autobiography, what would the title be? Warrior in Pink. Fantastic. <laughs> no, no reason needed. I love it. What bias do you choose to break this year? I really want to break the bias of, uh, I think, gender equality, right? I think we are in a world where that should just not exist at this point. And I think everything in life isn't created fair, but gender equality isn't about fairness. It's about the world we live in and the people that surround us. Also, I mean, as chief investment officer, you are leading the way and we couldn't be more lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. Hi, my name is Kai Widai. I'm the SVP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion for Densu Media. Hi, Kai. Thanks for joining us. First time. Yes, yes. We're excited to have you on. Happy to be here. What's the single biggest opportunity women have in our industry? What comes to mind for me is changing out what we've what we've seen and have been brought up to think is is tradition or is the right way to do any given thing, including leading or anything else and changing that to fit 
the ways of work that we value and the ways of communicating and exchanging information that we value, the more we can disrupt that a little bit, those standards that also make us feel like imposters half the time, the better off we'll be. What brands are engaging female audiences as well? I am a Nike stan. You know, I've always been that way. And I think they do a really great job of, of being inclusive of, of not just body types, but, you know, just the, the broader swath of women that we're seeing participating in, in sports and all different types of sports. So whether that's more Black people in the pool, which, you know, I grew up swimming, or if it's women in hijabs who need to have their hair covered. I love everything that Nike is, is doing there. Is there a woman or a male ally you model your leadership to? No, I think it's more any leader that has told me, and this sort of goes back to my first answer, it's told me that there is no one way to do it. That's always what I I keep in mind. I was actually thinking about this one time and I was like, is it bad or negative of me if I say, no, actually, I kind of take everything I don't like and then I do opposite (laughs) and that's what I've been, that's what I kind of do for my leadership. I mean, yeah. I think that's a fair, a fair thing to do because we probably all have a lot of, of those poor practices in common. So I think it's okay to also use that as a reference, what not to do. <laughs> yeah, see, there's not one way to figure out how you shape your, your leadership. Exactly, exactly. Full circle. <laughs> how do you highlight or give other women the opportunity to highlight their intersectional identities? You know, I, I have a unique opportunity to do this in, in the work that I do, it being diversity, equity, and inclusion. So I'm always sort of sort of looking for that. And, you know, I think just like when you meet anyone, you don't know, you don't know everything about, about them, right, on site. So when I ask them a question, you know, I try to give them the space to answer it from whatever place that they think is not just relevant, but that they have an opinion on. So trying to create that space and and admitting what I don't, you know, hey, like Chelsea, I know that you are a woman that works here at Dentsu, but like I'd love to sort of get your take on whatever this is from your lived experience. And that's a great way to put it, lived experience. I like the space and the time mm-hmm. comment. I think like the place that you're currently in and the space to give that in order to define that, I think that's great. Right. I like that. What bias do you choose to break this year? You know, this is the senior most role I've ever had. So I think I am constantly sort of challenging my approach to to leadership, whether that's managing other people or thinking about my own path or my own visibility. There's no one way to do that. And, you know, going back to what we were talking about with space, I can take up space the way I think is, is most effective. And whether that means effective for my role or, you know, I hate to talk about self-promotion, but you have to, I find that you kind of have to do that. I am breaking the bias as it relates to the traditional approach to that. I just have to convince myself of everything I just said. (laughs) (laughs) That's a challenge with it all. (laughs) If you wrote your own autobiography, what would the title be? I would not write my own autobiography. (laughs) If you had... (laughs) Let's start this from the top. If I were to write your autobiography for you, what would you want me to title it? Oh, okay. My ghostwriter. Happy to be here. Oh, look at that. That's a great one. You don't even want to answer that. Maybe I the subtext that. is like, thanks for having me. I don't. <laughs> now, now we're going. Yeah, we go. <laughs> You're already thinking of the forward. It's going to yep. be, yeah. Yep. It's going to be great. <laughs> 
Hi, my name is Christina Liu, and I'm the Senior Vice President of Strategy here at Kara. I think that the single biggest opportunity women have in our industry is to support each other and I think lift one another up. And let me give you a good example of why I think and say that. When I was much younger in my career, and this was not to date myself, maybe a decade ago, I went to another more senior woman for advice on how to grow my career and anything that she had to help me advance. And she actually told me quite surprisingly to pick a male mentor and that because they had more power and influence, they would be able to kind of get me a lot farther in my career than any other woman would. And it was really interesting coming from another woman to tell me that because she said that's kind of what helped her. And I think that today it's dramatically shifted and changed. And so that's why I would say the single biggest opportunity women really have is to build each other up and and really support one another. What brands are engaging female audiences as well? A couple come to mind, but I think one of my favorite ones is Third Love. I'm not sure if you've heard of them or not, but in case you haven't, it's a female founded company. They have undergarments as their products and they stand for body positivity. They offer different kind of size inclusive bras and even half sizes. So today they've even expanded their products from just that to loungewear, sportswear, sleepwear. So they're doing really well. And I think the reason that they're doing so is because they're connecting with women in a way that is much more authentic to speaking with them. As you know, culturally, there's been a lot of progress, which is good, on topics of um, gender roles, sexuality, what to expect of women. But for some reason, the more undergarments or lingerie business hasn't really kept up with that curve. So by, I think, embracing and building up a brand that stands much more for connecting with women, regardless of their shape, size, age, gender identity, sexual orientation, et cetera, you can really speak to how unique people are and make people feel that your product actually connects really well uniquely with them. Um, So I do know them because I'm also targeted by them all the time. And I always look, I was talking to Jason too about this. I am targeted by everyone on on Instagram, like anyone good, I feel like, which is probably a compliment to me, but essentially I am, it's in my um, cart on Instagram now. So you probably just really helped push that that. over for me. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Is there a woman or male ally you model your leadership to? Yeah, I would say actually my very first boss was a really great mentor and leader. He really kind of galvanized the entire team behind him because he had a lot of standard principles, I think, that not many leaders show, at least in my experience. Unfortunately, I haven't had that kind of leadership aside from that very first role. And what he really demonstrated was integrity, transparency, he put his team first. He cared about you and you truly felt that he cared about your personal growth, your personal mentor, like mentoring you and guiding you the best way he could. That really spoke volumes to me. And because it left such a great impression, that's really what I try to model my leadership after. So I think today there's many ways in which you can highlight or give other women this opportunity to highlight their intersectional identities. 
one of the ways that I've been really coming into, I think, feeling comfortable with that is recently, unfortunately, some of the events that, for example, happened last year with a lot of the Asian hate crime against especially Asian women, what I had found was that at my old company, it was really great to find a group where we kind of promoted each other and talking to each other in a very safe and comfortable space about how it makes us feel. There's a lot of interesting dynamics happening here, especially because from an Asian culture perspective, you don't really talk a lot about that. And it's kind of brushed under the rug or you're told to assimilate, especially women are told to, you know, just kind of keep their heads down and and be quiet and, and not really make too much of a fuss. So I think that by empowering people to feel safe in an environment to actually share their feelings, especially a lot of them for the first time because they grew up in a environment, whether it be their parents or families where it didn't really support that as much just from a cultural stemming perspective. It was really able to help be helpful and enable other women to express that. If you wrote your own autobiography, what would the title be? I think the title would be Staying True. And I want to give it a little story here where I'm Chinese American And my Chinese name, if you were to literally translate it, it translates into something that means along the lines of truth, genuine, honesty. And so what I've actually found through life is that in all my different experiences, whether it be going through college, getting my first job, building community, mentoring other people, you have to really be true to not only yourself, but I think really true to others. And in having that authentic engagement, experience, connection, that's how you can really truly build relationships as well as yourself. That is great. And that's a great story. I also love that your your parents decided to give you a name full of meaning. Thanks. Um, I think that <laughs> means a lot. My mom decided to name me after a character in Legal Eagle, which is a movie in the 80s. And the girl Chelsea actually lights things on fire, apparently. I haven't really watched the movie. So I don't know what that's saying about me, but I hope that's not what my book would be named. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Slightly terrifying. What bias do you choose to break this year? So the bias that I'm choosing to break this year is having even more of a stronger voice. I think in the past few years... I've definitely worked on being able to find my voice, voice my opinions and express myself. However, it's interesting coming to a a new company and with a new team and with a new client, I'm trying to learn a little bit more about really owning my voice and my opinion. Of course, I have, you know, a lot of experiences and I have to remind myself like, I actually am really smart and I have a lot to add, but it's really interesting how sometimes it's hard to to find your voice and how a lot of people, especially women, are taught to be perfect before they say anything. But you can honestly voice things sometimes in the form of a question or not being so matter of fact. I think that's exactly right. Being your own advocate too, sometimes it's not bragging, it's reminding yourself what you can bring to the table. So I love that. Haley Poss actually gave me one tidbit a long time ago, which I think relates to this is sharing your voice early in a meeting 
like just showing up and at least saying something. So, you know, you're not the wallflower in the room, um, but reminding yourself that you, you're at the table. So. Yeah, she's really, really great. I, I totally agree. I think that if you can, you know, say something and add value to the conversation, it shows that you're there and you're not just listening. And sometimes people are actively listening, but they forget that you're participating, especially in today's day and age where a lot of things are 2D and you're on a screen and there's so many people and you don't know what settings they are as far as, is it a gallery view or is it just, you know, nobody's showing. So you definitely want to be able to speak up, contribute to the conversation and bring it forward. Hi, I'm Leah Moranis. I'm the Chief Media Officer at Dentsu-X. If I had to single one out, I would say our biggest opportunity and really responsibility in our industry is to champion, mentor, and pull up other women. Um, What's that Madeline Albright quote? Like, there's a special place in hell for women who don't help other women, right? I really believe that. So, I mean, I have to say, I'm reaffirmed by the number of women in leadership positions that I continue to see in marketing and advertising. So definitely progress there. But the next step is to intentionally champion and pull up more women of color. I think we can all agree that we're still seeing a lot of underrepresentation. I use that word intentional very deliberately, right? We need to openly communicate our objectives and hold ourselves accountable to them. And that's by doing things like more diverse hiring and recruiting practices, as well as personally stepping up to mentor, sponsor, and provide career counseling and advocacy for these women. What brands are engaging female audiences well? As a mother of two young girls, I'm optimistic about how women are being portrayed in advertising, especially by the beauty and fashion industries, which I think we can all agree historically might not have been leaning towards inclusivity. You know, when I was growing up, there was a certain type of woman that you'd see in ads, that thin perfect model with the beautiful flowy hair, you know, and I get to say that as the curly haired girl. And now we're living in this curated social world behind filters. You know, I really think about the impact that's going to have on my girls and how real girls and women are portrayed in advertising, I think is maybe even more important. So I appreciate brands like T&G and Unilever championing for us curly haired girls and us, the women who are not a size two. And for the teen and youth targeted brands like Aerie even, who ensure that girls are seeing real girls in their ads. Spoken as a also kid who's from the 90s, my eyebrows are non-existent yeah. because of the yeah. models back in the 90s. Yeah, so right? thank you. They're never thank coming back. That. No. No, no, they're, they're not, not coming back. They didn't tell I you know. that. You pluck them no, down. No, they they're not coming back. They didn't. <laughs> yep, still trying the Vaseline and vitamin E. Every night it's not working. I, I can let everyone Vaseline, know. I love that trick. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> Is there a woman or male ally you model your leadership to? I always go back to my mom. Of cliche as it is, she's just been such an amazing, wonderful role model and impact on my life. Even though she wasn't a business leader until well into her 50s when she decided to start working. For me, it was learning from her through her behaviors in life, right? And and being a leader in life, for lack of a and in community. And it's it's about being authentic being kind and genuinely helping others. I do believe that what goes around comes around and supporting people and 
because you genuinely want to, will always come back around and will bring out the best in other people. And I think that's one of the most important leadership lessons we could learn. Also like go mom. Go mom. Fifties just starting work. Like, yeah, my, I love that. She did. That she story. went out and got her real estate license and she's an SVP. I'm so proud of her. That <laughs> you is, know? I love that. All right. Well, here's a shout out to Leah's mom. Shout out to Leah's pod. mom. <laughs> That's amazing. She's a badass. Can I say that? Badass? Uh, I just did. Yeah. You, I mean, yeah. you truly can. Yeah. My mom's a bad. I mean, I hope everyone thinks her mom's a badass. Yeah. If you wrote your own autobiography, what would the title be? I had to think about this one. I would name it, it wasn't how I planned. Is that even (laughs) English? It wasn't how I planned it, which is just about not everything being in your control. I think the younger me had this plan laid out for my life of where I would go to school and where I would live and what I would do and when I would marry and how many kids I would have and when. And I gotta tell you, most of those things did not happen as planned. And I think that's the beauty of it because other amazing and wonderful things did happen and I wouldn't trade them for the world. Even the disappointment along the way and what I thought was heartache put me on another path that got me where I am. And that's pretty awesome. It's a great title. Yeah. I like, it wasn't how I planned. It wasn't how I planned, right? Leave the it. That was the first version. Wasn't, wasn't how I planned dot, dot, dot. Maybe. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how edit, editing oh, does on yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. What bias do you choose to break this year? This year, and I will continue to choose to break this bias, that women are emotional. I believe that women are passionate and that we equally make sound decisions from logic, reason, business acumen, and empathy. Fantastic way to wrap up. You got it. Yeah. I love it. With all heart. Hi, my name is Danielle Gonzalez. I am the CEO of iProspect North America. To me, the biggest opportunity is really just changing the industry and realizing the power and the influence we have as people to change the industry for a better world, whether that means better for working moms, better for people coming into advertising who maybe hadn't thought of that before, was only thinking about more traditional areas. Women have a voice. We are the majority in so many cases, but we act like a minority still, which just boggles my mind. Like 70% of the leadership at iProspect are women. We have the largest voice. We need to be using it. And I think that's the opportunity I see is we are the change. And that's something that I encourage all of us, including you, Ms. Chelsea, to embrace. I love that. I find the brands that are engaging female audiences the best are brands who have recognized their success depends on delivering females. So a company like Athleta, I don't know if you've, I've just been so impressed with them lately. They're doing so much for women empowerment, for helping girls on up to women recognize their inner strength and become powerful, whether it's running, if it's spiritually, if it's with yoga, if you go to their website, you'll see like amazing new line extensions and collabs with fierce women partners. Like they have one with Alicia Keys right now. I just feel like the companies who see their future and their success is based on women empowerment as being the companies that I gravitate to. And I think that they're going to be super successful. I agree with that. 
So does my bank account, actually. Uh, there's an athleta in town. So unfortunately, I'm very, very well aware of the brand. Is there a woman or male ally you model your leadership to? Yes. I would say there's two women in my life right now that I'm modeling their behavior. And this is going to sound so corny because they are within Dentsu, but it's Wendy Clark and Amanda Morrissey. Amanda is the CEO of iProspect Global. And she is about half my size. She's a tiny little thing. And she is fierce. I mean, she knows digital better than anybody else. She knows how to collaborate. She is making waves and changes and transforming the group. She's a mother of four fully grown women. And she just has this mindset and approach that I think has so much empathy. And I love the way that she leads that I just find her absolutely fascinating to work with and I'm modeling her behavior. And of course you have Wendy, because I think of Wendy, not only is Wendy a female in this business that's dominated by men at her level, she's working in the Japanese culture as well that has, I would say, embracing female leadership in a larger way than, than maybe the culture traditionally has. And to see her operate and be able to navigate across, across generations, across bridges, across country lines and doing it so eloquently. She's amazing. If you wrote your own autobiography, what would the title be? <laughs> crazy lady. <laughs> I, say, no way. I say I'm crazy all the time and crazy in a good way. Like I think crazy is good. I'm one of those people that is always coming at problems and situations sideways. I, I come in with a different perspective and sometimes I'm like, how does nobody else see this? And then I realize that my, I'm just programmed a little bit differently. And I think what the world sees is like, she's crazy. Like I'm not the normal, typical person. I'm the, the weirdo and that's okay. Like I've, I've always felt a kinship to Gonzo from the Muppets <laughs> because he's a weirdo. I was like, that's me. Like, I just kind of look at the world a little bit differently. So my autobiography would absolutely be like crazy lady or weirdo. Okay. Well, as the marketer, I feel like it should be like coming in sideways, but I'm not going to tell your story. So like, I'm going to let you go with that one. <laughs> but you. yes. And from one weirdo to the next, I'm not seeing the weirdness. So that must mean I'm also at the same level. Yeah. So I'm with you here. We're in the same club, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> I might watch the Muppets after this, actually, because I think I need to refresh my, my knowledge. How do you highlight or give other women the opportunity to highlight their intersectional identities? I think you first have to listen for it. So we've been really private. Women have been very private. I remember a day when I couldn't tell my boss I needed to go to my child's recital. I had to say I had an offsite meeting because there was not the receptivity to, to talking about my family, right? Or, or talking about the things that I needed as a person. Most of the times we keep those suppressed as women. And one of my jobs is to let people talk, ask them questions, listen, hear their story and celebrate that and help them bring that into everything that they're doing. I recently found that there was a person on our team who got their citizenship. I went bonkers. You know how hard it is to get your citizenship? It is so hard. You have to pass tests that even like locals cannot do. And that's a small story, but like celebrating that, listening to them, it was a reason why they couldn't travel. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that is such a good reason. Let's talk about that. Let's share it publicly. Let's get everyone excited for you. And I think it's just listening to people and then 
helping them amplify and letting them know it's good to share. And then the world falls more in love with those people and clients want to work with people who are sharing their whole self. So yeah, my job is to listen and, and sort of amplify and get people talking where they normally don't. That's a great response. We haven't heard that one yet. I love that response. Last but not least, what bias do you choose to break this year? I'll say it's a, it's a bias I'm trying to get iProspect to break. iProspect has a, has a very specific way that we've done things in the past. And we have categorized people based on their experiences. And I'd like to break the experience bias. I know that sounds a little wild, but I don't want to typecast people. If you were like a social person, you can only ever do social. I want to break the experience bias to ensure that we're giving every one of our people the biggest opportunities, the juiciest projects. And if you break the experience bias, it's a more comfortable way for people to kind of break the demographic or gender bias or race bias without going at it directly. Because nobody will say that they're making decisions that are not based on some merit or experience, but is that experience kind of trapping people? And if you can say, let's break the experience bias and get everyone to try something new, you're actually helping, like it's a step away, but you're helping to get women more involved. You're helping LBGQ have different opportunities that they haven't had before. You're giving different people experiences. And so that's something that I'm, I'm going after and I hope it's working. It's like, instead of going directly after it, it's coming after it from a from the side again. Weirdo analogy <laughs> to make it work. Coming in from the side, I'm literally making your bio for that. Hi, I am Steph Spellbrink. I am a VP Group Director, uh, overseeing digital activation on Microsoft. So I think the single biggest opportunity that women have in this industry is really putting that human element into the day to day. It's relating to people, focusing on empathy leading by example and mentoring. A way that I like to lead by example is being unapologetic about having priorities outside of work. I have a toddler. He has to get picked up. I have to leave every day. There's no ifs, ands, or buts around it. And I try to show my team that they themselves are also empowered to do the same. I love that. But also, I love the fact that you put the human element in there and you really... it looked like you didn't mean to do that. I don't know if you scripted that on your own as like kudos, but I'm loving it. Yeah. I'm loving it. <laughs> so brands that really engage female audience, typical one I'd say is Dove. The one that really has captivated me recently is Adidas. They just came out with a sports bra campaign. And really it was a bit of a shocking picture with just a lot of different chests and naked chests and women with different size breasts on display. And it was really all about removing the shame of diversity. And I felt that it really spoke to me as a woman where I said, wow, we don't all look like a supermodel. This is something that I could get behind. Uh, So I thought that it was really purpose-driven and I felt connected to that campaign. I remember the first time I saw it and instantly like started looking at sports bras that I did not need, but like it did the number to me. Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) I mean, it was shocking, but I thought it was great. Yeah, completely. Is there a woman or male ally you model your leadership to? Not quite modeling leadership to, but I do really like Beyonce. She came out with this quote and she said, power is not given to you. You have to take it. 
I have been at CARE for the majority of my career. It is a very large organization. And I have found that if you really don't take the action yourself, you can kind of get lost. So I try to focus on empowering my team, which is largely female, to be proactive, uh, to elevate their internal brand personas, to volunteer for opportunities, and to get out of the day-to-day so that they can figure out what is right for them and for their career. You know, a great way to really just highlight and give women opportunity that I found is by providing opportunity. And with that on my digital teams, I host a monthly digital meeting where we play presentation games. People have the opportunity to work on their creative thinking, their storytelling, their presentation skills to their peers. So it's really not as scary as presenting directly to a client. And then what I like to do as well is to ask people to think of an innovation topic, something that interests them, doesn't have to be related to media, and come up with their own research, their own presentation, and their own theme for how they want to present it to their peers. And we've had some really interesting one about robots in the food industry. We've done some uh, typical innovation around you know, Dove and other brand campaigns, but good ideas can really come from anywhere. And I love to see what people come back with. And it's a monthly theme that everyone on my team knows that they get to speak about. So my autobiography would be, I make lists to cross things off. I find that for myself, I like to feel a sense of accomplishment. And sometimes in the swirl of the day-to-day, that doesn't always come through, particularly when you're overseeing a lot and a lot is dependent upon other people's output. So I do like to add completed items to my list so I can cross them off and and feel good at the end of the day. So, okay, I have questions. Do you physically write them down still? Every page. Oh, and you even keep them. Like you keep the hits galog. I go out and I buy notebooks because I like to see see things written down so I can cross them off. (laughs) Literally. That is, okay, when you fill up that whole thing, do you save them? No, I throw them out, but I just went to the office and I found a branded one and I brought it home for like my next few months. I'm not kidding. It's all I do. (laughs) Yes. Those are three notebooks right there that are brand new. That is, yeah, that's amazing. The dedication is very amazing. I just delete it and it just goes into the ether. So I don't know. There's something not as satisfying about that probably. Well, I did find out in college and, and when I was in school that if I don't write things down, I have a hard time remembering it. So yep. for me to write things down, it's it's just how I get through like my process. I love it. As a digital activation specialist, I think a bias that I really want to break is how we target media. So we get amazing insights on our consumers about their place, their consumer journey, where they are in their life. And then when it comes to targeting, we do very large buckets. Women, moms. 18 to 54 and have purchased something in the last six months. To me, I I really would like to change the way that we think about targeting that bias that a mom is a female. She could be any age range and she's interested in my product. She's not. She could be 18. She could be 54. It could be two dads and there's no mom who makes the purchase decision. We talk a lot about personalization. And then with targeting, we tend to fall back on your typical broad audience segments. And I really want us to take those insights and connect it more to activation so that we are focusing on that real consumer. Finding the intersectionalities. Yes. Yes. What have you felt underestimated in and continuing to overcome? 
that women by definition are bossy. I am a leader. I have experience. I have the knowledge to make my decisions. It is because I know what I'm doing and I've been in my position long enough. It is not because I'm coming from an emotional place or that I'm bossy. That's a bias that I, I continually feel like I have to overcome, even with male and female direct reports. I think we'll end on that note. That was great. Thanks. Thank you to all of our amazing guests today for joining the episode and celebrating Women's History Month with us. We're inspired by each and every one of you. And thank you again for listening to another episode of The Human Element. You can find us anywhere. You can find your pods. Give us a like, subscribe, or send us a note. We'll be back out to you real soon. And in the meantime, be well.